Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. Being a teacher is one of the most difficult jobs in the entire world. It's not only the responsibility of inspiring and developing young minds or even the lack of funding that makes teaching one of the most stressful careers. It's the lack of safety measures in place to protect teachers from the very students they teach. Colleen Ritzer was a 24-year-old math teacher at Danvers High School in Danvers, Massachusetts. After spending the afternoon of October 22, 2013, helping several students who needed extra assistance with their algebra, she would be seen on school surveillance video being followed to the bathroom by 14-year-old Philip Chisholm. Philip had his hood up in an attempt to hide his identity. He had gloves on his hands and a box cutter in his pocket. What he would do to Colleen in the girls' bathroom of that high school has been described as one of the most disturbing murders committed by a young teenager. Once he was finished, Philip simply disposed of her body in the schoolyard, and then he went to see a movie. Even more shocking was the excuse given by Philip when asked by the police why he did something so heinous. He claimed that he was struggling with his parents' divorce, and he was having difficulty making friends at his new school. However, the police weren't buying his story. They alleged that, even as a young teen, Philip Chisholm was evil enough to plan out a vicious rape and the murder of a young woman who had done nothing other than help him and support him at school. So, let's jump right in. Colleen Ritzer knew from an early age that she wanted to grow up to be a teacher and change people's lives. Born to her parents, Thomas and Peggy Ritzer, on May 13, 1989, in Lawrence, Massachusetts, she was a wonderful big sister to her little sister, Laura, and above all else, she loved spending time with her family and making memories. She was the kind of young lady who made an impression on everyone who she met. When she wasn't watching her sister's hockey games, she enjoyed shopping, traveling, and creating photo collages. But nothing topped her desire to teach. Yeah, it was her career, but it was also her biggest passion in life. 
After graduating from Andover High School in 2007, she pursued a teaching degree from Assumption College. Her first year of teaching was spent at Hale Middle School before she moved to Danvers High School, where she taught math. Not an easy gig, but she enjoyed every minute of it. Colleen's biggest goal was to find unique and creative ways to teach her students, which was evident from the tweets on her old Twitter account, which is still publicly available online. Her bio reads, Math teacher, often too excited about the topics I'm teaching. And her feed is filled with math equations, sports cheers, and student reminders. She was very much loved and adored by the students she taught. One of Colleen's former students, named Christian Snyder, would say that math was his least favorite subject until he had Miss Ritzer as his teacher. He told the media in an interview, quote, It was always a struggle, but she was always positive and happy, and she made me feel like I wanted to go to math class. In 2013, Colleen had been teaching ninth grade algebra at Danvers High School for the last two years. She loved teaching there, and she was really active in the school community of approximately 1,000 students. On October 22, 2013, Colleen was to be teaching her classes like any other day. Because it was the week before Halloween, the school's halls were bustling with spooky decorations. But no one had any idea of the real-life horrifying events that were going to take place at school that day. Colleen had taught her classes, and then she planned to stay longer after school hours so that she could help a few students with their math homework. This was something that she often did. She spent much of her spare time helping students who were struggling to complete their work. However, later that evening, long after the school had closed its doors to students for the day, Colleen failed to return home from work. The 24-year-old math teacher still lived at home with her parents, and when she didn't return home that evening and wasn't answering her cell phone, her parents started to worry. Colleen's father, Tom, he decided to drive to the school to see if she was still there. He found her vehicle parked in the lot, but no sign of Colleen. He asked a few straggling staff members if they had seen Colleen, but no one remembered seeing her after the school day had finished. Tom returned home to start calling all of his daughter's friends, but none knew where Colleen was. When he called the police to report Colleen as missing, he discovered that his daughter was not the only one. Just a few hours prior, a ninth grade Danvers High School student by the name of Philip Chisholm was reported missing by his mother. Philip was 14 years old at the time and new to the area. He had recently moved from Tennessee to Massachusetts with his mother after his parents were getting a divorce. He had only begun attending Danvers High School a few months ago, and he had really been struggling to make new friends. On that day, Philip went to his regularly scheduled classes, and then he was supposed to attend soccer practice, but he never showed up. He also didn't return home after school, and his mother was worried that he might have run away. It was highly unusual that both a student and a teacher would go missing on the same day, so the police had to figure out what the connection was. They focused on the whereabouts of Philip Chisholm, and they were able to ping his cell phone. 
They learned that his last known whereabouts were in the vicinity of a local movie theater called Hollywood Hits Theater. In speaking with the staff there, they learned that the teenager had purchased a movie ticket and then he left once the film was over. There was a search effort launched to try to locate where the missing boy was now. Meanwhile, investigators back at the high school pulled the footage from the school surveillance system from that day. What they saw in the video was highly alarming. At approximately 2.54 p.m. on the day that she went missing, Colleen was seen exiting a classroom and walking towards the women's washroom. Seconds later, Philip Chisholm is seen stepping out of the same classroom and then stepping back inside. A moment later, Philip walks out of the classroom again, however this time he has his hood pulled over his head and he has gloves on his hands. On another camera, Colleen is seen entering the women's washroom, and seconds later, Philip walks into the same washroom behind her. Approximately 10 minutes later, another female student is observed walking into that same washroom, but she quickly exits. Later on, this student would say that she stepped into the girl's bathroom to make a phone call to her father, but instead she saw a naked butt and she assumed that she had walked in on someone who was changing, so she quickly got out of there. Now, shortly after she leaves, Philip is seen walking out of the washroom with the hood still over his head. He exits the school heading towards the parking lot and when he re-enters the school later, he has a new change of clothing on. He grabs his red sweater and a gray backpack, a black bag and a purple bag from that classroom, and then at around 3.14pm, he's seen on video wheeling a large black recycling bin towards the elevator and up to the second floor towards that woman's washroom. He exits the washroom with the large bin, and then he wheels it outside the school, leading toward the wood line. Nobody asks him what he's doing or where he's going. He returns to school about 25 minutes later in a new change of clothing, before he heads out to see that movie. After reviewing this footage, the police had to see what was in that women's washroom. When they looked inside, they found remnants of smears of blood on the floors and walls. It appeared that whatever happened was violent, but someone had attempted to clean up the blood. Now, just after midnight, Philip would be found walking by himself down the highway in a nearby town called Topsfield, which was located about 10 minutes away. He had a knife in his pocket and a treasure trove of evidence in his backpack, including a bloody box cutter, women's underwear, and several bank cards and a driver's license belonging to Colleen Ritzer. When the police officer who located the missing teen asked him where the blood on the box cutter came from, he responded with, quote, that girl. Initially, Philip tried to say that he had broken into Colleen's car and he just stole the items, but his story began to fall apart back at the station where he was questioned. Meanwhile, investigators were making a horrific discovery back at the high school. In a wooded area adjacent to the school, police would find the body of Colleen Ritzer. She was naked from the waist down. The body had been covered in brush and leaves in an attempt to hide it. 
She had been stabbed several times with her throat slit, and a note was found nearby that read, I hate you all. About 20 yards away, police found the large black recycling bin that had been used to transport her body from the women's washroom to where she was found. Colleen's autopsy would reveal that her killer had strangled her and stabbed her 16 times and then sexually assaulted her. Once she was carried out to the woods, she was again sexually assaulted, this time with a tree branch. It's believed that Colleen may have been alive while she was dragged out to that wooded area. Though there were two causes of death listed on her death certificate, both asphyxiation and loss of blood, there was just too much damage done to her body to determine which would have killed her first. Either way, it is one of the most painful and most horrific ways to die. In speaking with another student that was in the classroom with both Colleen Ritzer and Philip Chisholm earlier that day, they learned that a specific discussion may have sparked Philip's outrage. This student alleged that when Colleen mentioned the state of Tennessee, Philip became visibly angry, his whole demeanor changed, and he became extremely upset, which Colleen didn't initially notice, but eventually she did change the topic of conversation. This may have had something to do with the fact that Philip had recently moved to Massachusetts from Tennessee, and he was not adjusting well. He didn't want his parents to get divorced, and he really didn't want to move to a new state at the beginning of high school. He was angry about having to start over, and he hated his new school because he said that he was being bullied. This would become the basis for Philip's entire defense. I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages. So once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right. 
50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Philip would be charged with first-degree murder, robbery, and aggravated rape. He would also be tried as an adult. While awaiting trial, he got himself into even more trouble by attacking a female guard with a sharp pencil in his hand. Philip followed her into his staff locker room, carrying that pencil. He walked up behind her and he began choking her. As she began to scream, he began punching her. Thankfully, other guards heard her screaming and ran in to save her because there was a clear pattern here and he likely would have tried to kill her. In relation to Colleen's murder, he pled not guilty. Philip's defense lawyer argued that he suffered a psychotic break, possibly stemming from that conversation about Tennessee and all of the trauma that he had after his parents' divorce. They alleged that he dramatically changed from a happy-go-lucky kid to a depressed teenager when he was forced to move across the country and start over. The prosecution disagreed. The proof really was in those videos. They alleged that Philip Chisholm planned the murder ahead of time. He got up that day for school and he brought a box cutter and gloves with him along with a change of clothing. Besides the divorce, there wasn't really anything in his history or background to predict that he might react and do something like this. He didn't show the typical signs of being a troubled youth, yet here they were. Ultimately, Philip would be found guilty. He was criminally responsible for the murder of Colleen Ritzer. For the murder charge, he was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years, which is the highest level the law allows. However, for the rape and the robbery charges, because he used her bank card to buy that movie ticket, he received two 40-year terms to run concurrently, meaning he'll likely never be getting out of prison alive. The defendant was quiet, polite, athletic, and had no prior criminal record. Then, on October 22, 2013, he carefully and deliberately prepared to kill his math teacher. The school day ended at 1.55 p.m., but Colleen Ritzer, like thousands of other conscientious teachers, was not done with her work day. As was her practice, she stayed after school to make herself available for students who needed academic help or just as student Autumn Cianci did that day to spend time in her classroom seeking calmness in the midst of adolescence. Colleen Rich's practice was to arrive home late in the afternoon, chat with her mother, and then get to work planning for the next day's classes. Colleen Rich's mother testified so poignantly about how her daughter would come home and walk into her mom's home office and ask about her day, anxious for her turn to tell her mother about her own wonderful day, preparing children for the world. There would be no mother-daughter chat 
that Tuesday afternoon. While Colleen's mother waited for her loving daughter, the defendant violently raped Colleen Ritzer. He viciously, brutally, and senselessly attacked Colleen in the girls' bathroom, just feet from the classroom, where she was in her second year of living her dream of being a teacher. When the defendant was finished in the bathroom, he put Colleen Ritzer inside a recycle bin, wheeled her to the woods, and pulled up her shirt, exposing her breasts. Thereafter, he spread her legs and inserted a large tree branch inside her. Colleen Ritzer was found dead hours later, after a frantic search by law enforcement. The jury found, to a moral certainty, that the defendant killed Colleen Ritzer and that he was criminally responsible for her murder. The court will impose a sentence in this case without emotion, passion, sympathy, or pity. But one cannot see and hear what this court has during the course of this case without feeling that the crashing waves of this tragedy will never wane. There is no, quote, right, end quote, sentence. No amount of prison time would ever be enough to be commensurate with this crime, and no math will ever erase the reality that this crime was committed by a 14-year-old boy. While this court is constitutionally required to consider that, there is always the possibility of redemption. Even if the defendant were to live a perfect life from this moment on, his repeated stab wounds to Colleen Ritzer's young body will remain indelible with Colleen Ritzer's family, friends, and community until the last person who knew Colleen Ritzer takes his or her last breath. In 2016, Colleen's family sued the town of Danvers, Danvers Public Schools, the school's cleaning company, and the company that designed the school's security system for their roles in her murder. The lawsuit would be settled in 2022, with Colleen's parents alleging that they failed her daughter. According to the suit, the school's security system was inefficient. Also, the cleaning company hired by the school didn't call the police when they discovered blood in the women's washroom. They simply had their staff member clean it up. The killer may be in prison and the civil suits may be settled, but it still does not bring back Colleen. Life will never have the same joy and happiness that it once did for me. There will always be the empty seat. Time only makes her absence more noticeable. Time does not lessen the pain, it strengthens it. Too many family times when Colleen should be there and her absence so strong. Colleen loved do doing things together and she always loved just being home so we spent a lot of time together. Colleen was the age where I could be her friend and not just her mother. I will never have that opportunity now. She was ready for the next chapter in her life so she was happy with her career. She was going to school to pursue her masters and making plans to move out with her friend. She was at the point where she was ready for her personal life to be her priority. She wanted to meet someone, to marry, and have children. I will never see Colleen in a wedding dress. I will never see her walk down the church aisle that we would often talk about before or after Mass. And I will never see her be a mother, the thing she wanted most to be. Tom and I will never be a grandmother and grandfather to Colleen's children. I know her kids would have had an amazing smile in her loving kindness. Colleen loved babies, loved kids, and Colleen would have made an amazing mother. Evil took all that away from Colleen and from me, Tom, Dan, and Laura. Every holiday, especially Christmas, is so very difficult. 
Colleen's birthday, the anniversary of that horrible day, and the 22nd of every month is filled with such pain. And weekends are so very difficult because the house is so empty without her. Sundays especially because Sunday afternoon was our family time. We never got the opportunity to see Colleen teach or to see her classroom. I finally saw her classroom that day in court when the pictures were put up on the screen. I saw two things when I saw that picture. Her Assumption College banner hanging on the wall and her blue coat hanging on the back of her chair because he had forgotten to steal that. Colleen and our family did everything right. We loved each other, we took care of each other, we worked hard, and we followed the rules. We raised our children to be good, kind, and loving people, and in a matter of minutes, that evil took it all away. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I post things on TikTok at Serial Napper Nick, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, and that's all one word. Until next time, sweet dreams, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye.